Good morning, Calvary. It is a joy to see you all out here on the lawn. Truly what Jenny said to be the church in one location is a unique gift for us. So to be here in one service and to be able to praise God together is wonderful. This is our fall kickoff launch, and if we haven't met yet, my name is Thomas, and I'm up here with, with Gary Osborne, and we're both on staff here at the Erie campus, and we love the opportunity to open up God's Word with us. And so this fall, this is where we're going. This fall, we're going to get alongside the story of Jesus. We want to rub shoulders with Jesus. We want to hear what Jesus has to say. We want to see what Jesus did. We want to see what God has called us to through the life of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to study the Gospel of Luke. And we're going to study the Gospel of Luke all the way to its climax in Easter of 2023. And what we're going to do is we're going to follow the life, the teaching, the works, the victories of Jesus for surely it is good news. That's what gospel means. The gospel of Luke, the good news of Jesus Christ as recorded by Luke. And Luke has its unique flavor. I can't wait to begin to unpack that book with you next week. But today is to whet your appetite for good news. Because our world is filled with bad news. And I don't want you to think of news as only the news you hear from major media corporations but the news that we share with one another. There's, there is news that we see on the TV, and it's global. We see national news. We see local news. But there's also news we share with one another. We, we post news. We tweet news. We have news in our story feeds. We have news in our texts. And so much of that gives us access to what the world is around us. And, and for much of it, is, it's bad news. And we live at a time that is unprecedented, where you have more access to bad news for your soul to wear than any human probably ever before. To just know how the planet, how the country, how our state, how our city, how our families, other families, others, all the celebrities are doing. And you have to wear that. And being exposed to relentless bad news through texts and tweets and posts and the news networks will wear your soul out. If you don't have the hope of good news, of good news. And the bad news that we share with one another of, of hardships of health, of the hardships of needing finances, of employment, of the hardships of relationships, that's not even the worst news that could be shared. Gary, what is the worst news that we should know about? That's a great entrance there. The worst news is that we rebelled. And because of our rebellion and our sin, we are separated and we feel shame. That's where the story begins in the book of Genesis, is that there's separation between God and humanity because of who we are and what we've not done. And so that's why the promise of good news is so good. All right, so let's open up to Luke chapter 2 and look at verse 10. When the middle of a night, two messengers accompanied by a herald of more broke in to proclaim good news. So in Luke 2 verse 10 it says this and the angel said to them fear not for behold I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people and then if we continue on in the book of Luke and we'll get there eventually but if you flip over to Luke 24 at the end of the story it kind of is the bookend is here here's the good news and then Luke 24 starting in 45 says this then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead 
and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. Friends, that's the good news that we have is that it's through Jesus, through his life, his ministry, the way that he lived a sinless life. And then he went to the cross for the forgiveness of sin allows us to spend eternity in the presence of our king. That is the good news in its simplest form. This is what Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 says, for I delivered to you as much of first importance what I also received. Paul, what he had also received, wants to communicate to you, to us, what Christ did is that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day. That is the good news that we hold on to that has transformed my life, transformed Thomas's life and what motivates us as a church to live in this community and to continue to help people understand what Christ did for us. Without good news, it is impossible to survive life filled with bad news. This is where we see the rates of teenagers really struggling with despondency, with self-harm. This is where we see moms and dads distancing themselves from the family and just running out of energy and not having anything more to give. This is where we see grandparents stepping into retirement and wishing that the world would just go away. Unless we have good news, we will not survive the hardships of life. But it's wonderful to know that that's why Jesus Christ came, to give us this good news. The good news arrived in the beginning of Luke, and the good news was accomplished, we see, at the end of Luke. It's a beautiful story. And in the beginning here in chapter 2, verse 10, we see that it's good news of great joy. It produces great joy. Here's a question. When does good news produce great joy in your life? I think it's this. It's when you find out the good news that's proclaimed is for you. It's for you. It's good news. Someone got a job. I need a job. That news wasn't for me. I want to celebrate them, but it also, that good news hurts me a little bit in my heart. Well, I need a job too. Good news, they're getting married. It just reminds me of my singleness every time I go to a wedding. Good news, they're having a child. It just reminds me of the news that I don't have what I want. And so the good news that the angels proclaim here, the good news of Luke is the good news for you. The good news that Jesus Christ came and died for your sins and for my sins. That the inheritance that Jesus promises is for you. When you learn that that good news is for you. Like you see Christmas morning and all the presents are under the tree. You think this is going to be a great day. When does it turn to great joy? is when you see your name written on the gift. And so here it is, the beginning of Luke. is great joy. Your name is written on this. Jesus came for you. And not just for you, but it says for all people. This good news knows no boundaries. I think that's one of the reasons why I get excited personally is because the good news is for people who are broken, who are messy, who are lost, who are in desperate need of a savior. I think that's where I found myself is that I was wandering and I didn't know what my life was supposed to be about. I was blind without sight. And finally, when I understood the good news and I understood that it was for me, it changed and transformed my life. And I think that's the fun part about looking through the book of Luke is all the different people that Jesus encountered that that he helped transform their lives. I think of the cleansing of the leopard in Luke 5, the healing of the paralytic, 
I think of how you're called to love your enemies, you, that Jesus casts out demons. There's the healing of the bleeding woman. You can go on and on, and I think of the lost story of the lost coin, the story of the lost sheep, the story of the lost son, and actually the story of the second lost son. We understand there's this deep desire that Jesus came for the least, the last, and the lost. This is one of the theme verses in Luke. It's Luke uh, 19.10. It says, um, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Friends, that is such good news for all of us here. And maybe there's someone that you are spending a lot of time with that you know doesn't know Christ. And maybe there's someone that you can think about who is far from Christ, or maybe you might in your own heart think that they could never come to Christ. Maybe it's that person you stand on the sideline with at the soccer game or the person that's in your classroom and just the way they're living their lives that you're like, I don't even think Christ could change their lives. Friends, let me tell you, as you study the book of Luke, you see that Jesus encountered so many and changed their lives for, for the glory of God. And that's what I think about in my own self and my own journey is that I was far away from the Lord. And I was living life on my loan. And it wasn't until that I met Jesus. And I'll say this, in the dorm room shower, actually on the sh floor of the dorm room that's, shower. That's gross, man. It is pretty gross. But I finally was at that point of just being desperate and broken and knowing that I needed a Savior. And that's where I really felt like I had my encounter with the Lord where he transformed my life because I was far from him. And then I think of all the hope that I now have because what he's done. He's made me a new creation. He's made me clean. He's given me assurance of eternity in his presence. I agree with Gary. It is the power of Jesus Christ to transform our lives. Least, last, and the lost. Right up here. Okay? So many times I tell you I'm the biggest sinner in the room. And somebody goes, I can't even imagine what you do to think that you're the biggest in the room. And I tell you, the, the where I was as a rebellious, angry, wild teenager into college and then the Lord is grabbing my heart and my attention you guys say there's no way I believe that's possible and then I have great people in my life who have known me for a long time like John over here and John would you affirm it's crazy that I'm a pastor yeah thank you Jesus but here's the here's the the story of my life I think it's the story of your life too is you can remember who shared the story with you who shared the good news with you? Where did the seed get planted that you would even have the thought on a dorm room floor that Jesus would be the answer? And, the, and the, the, the reason is, is because the good news goes out through people. I love that Luke opens with the messengers from heaven coming to tell the people, good news is here. It has arrived. And then Luke ends, this is right after Gary finished reading, here in Luke chapter 24, that repentance should be proclaimed to the name of all nations, in his name to all nations, beginning with Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. So the people in whom the good news came for are now the people by whom the good news comes from. Do you see that? Beginning in Jerusalem, your, your neighborhood across the street, good news from your house in the way you live and speak and engage with your neighbors. And then good news to the Samaritans and Judeans and the ends of the earth. So from your neighborhood to your workplace, to your city, to your state, to the country, to the ends of the world. How does God get his good news out? He tells it to you. You receive it. And you're happy to go and share it. So knowing, knowing that Jesus came for the least, the last, and the lost, that good news is for all people. Who in your mind do you wish was sitting next to you today? Who in your mind 
does the Lord bring to mind that says you should go and invite them this year as you get around the life of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Luke to say, I'm saving a seat for you at church. Not you should go to Calvary. You should come with me. I go to the 9 o'clock. I go to the 1030, and I'm saving you a seat. Come sit with me. You have to know good news because our world is filled with bad news. And so today we, we do baptisms. We have 12 baptisms today, which is so exciting. And what, what happens is when someone receives the good news, Jesus calls us to be baptized. So the first act of obedience of true faith is to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Baptism is an outward expression of the inward reality that Jesus has, has come into your life, has forgiven your sins, and that you desire to follow him all the days of your life. We've set up two tubs to go back and forth this morning, and so I'm going to hand it over to Chris now. And Chris, would you take us into baptism? 